0: Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Now, let's go to the book of Galatians. Uh, you can go to now I do not have you version not, uh, notes tonight. Let me just tell you how we're going to go into this um, i'm not going to give you any chips or salsa tonight or appetizer of any kind we're going to put the steak on the plate now. All right can you guys take some a big one inch thick Now, just name your favorite cut of steak. Name it. All right. And how you like it cooked, rare, medium, rare, well, medium, well, huh? But just imagine it just as big as the plate is that you got, all right? A little steam coming off, maybe some of that spicy Mexican butter melting on top of it. (sighs) Come on. Man, I'm feeling revival stirring in this church tonight. (laughs) Verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to say he has my attention right here. Paul is here to let you know exactly where he's coming from, exactly who he is, And why he is who he is. That no man has put a label on him and told him, this is your title. This is who you are. This is your function. It didn't come from man and it didn't happen through man. He says, I am an apostle because of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's powerful. And all brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Now this is this man tells us exactly who he is. Now I'm going to have to say it reminds me of the time I was sitting at Christ for the Nations as a student 20 plus years ago. And there was a book when I was a kid in our house, and I don't know how many years before uh, my childhood that that book had been written. But it was a book, and some of you might know this book. It was called Tortured for Christ. A story about a man named Richard Wormbrandt who was in, behind the Iron Curtain under communism and was beat mercilessly and tortured for preaching the gospel of Christ. And they so tortured him and beat him for years. He finally got his freedom, though. It was amazing that he survived. The, the, time that you can look at that book, find that book, Tortured for Christ, and read it's An astounding story. And I was a student at Christ for the Nations when they said that Richard Wormbrandt was a special speaker. I didn't even know the guy was still alive at this point. And he walks out on the stage. Well, I say he walked. He had two people supporting him because they had so tortured his feet. It was a miracle that he was walking. And he slowly, slowly made his way to the pulpit. And I'm sitting back there thinking, I cannot believe who is in this room right now. And he walked to the pulpit. And his little old shaky hands grabbed a hold of each side. And he looked out and he said, my children. And he said, I call you that because I feel like I've earned the right to. And from that moment forward. It was like it is right here, right now. We were captivated by the person who had laid his life down for that gospel. Who was willing to do anything. Whose body bore the marks of one who had been beaten and tortured for Christ. Paul is this man. And what he has to say first is grace. Grace to you. Man, oh man, how comforting is that to have this kind of presence in the room and hear grace? I mean, if Paul's in the room, I'm thinking, if he rebukes me, I'm taking it, I'm ready. Anything this guy has to say, hey, you need to to rake me over the coals, bro. I'm ready. I'm open right now. But the first thing he says is grace. This is powerful. Grace is why he is who he is. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord. Can you just feel the warmth of those words? And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us from this present evil age. Now, there were two things accomplished there. He delivered us from our sins, but he also delivered us from this present evil age. That is the world and its influence. You've been delivered from the power of that. Hallelujah. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I just love the way he introduces this book. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the oldest written book in the New Testament. Written before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Around 50 B.C. Paul didn't have these other gospels to look at their manuscripts, to look at before he wrote Galatians. He wasn't leaning on Peter, James, and John, and these other disciples' knowledge to, get, to help him understand who Christ was. No, he said, I didn't get it through any man. No man taught me this. I got this from Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Isn't this powerful? Yes. Now, verse 6. Now, as soon as he began this epistle to the Galatians, he immediately now expresses concern. Marveling that they're turning so soon from that grace. I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a what? Different gospel. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. He is here about to set some things in order. Now, it's important for all of us here to know the difference between the pure gospel of Christ and perverted gospels. The one difference, and I'm gonna talk (coughs) about some of these other gospels that are out there, but the one difference that stands the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ from all other gospels is grace. Because the gospel of Christ is all about what God gave through Christ. And all the other gospels have something to do with what we need to give to God. But the gospel of Christ is what God so loved the world that he gave Hallelujah. Amen. Verses, verse eight. But even if we, now listen, to what he says. Even if we, he's including himself, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you already, let him be. What? Do we all know what "accursed" means, right? Huh? Accursed, condemned to everlasting judgment. As we have said before, now I say again, just in case you didn't hear me the first time, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you receive, let him be accursed. Accursed. If I come back and I tell you something different, may I be accursed. If an angel from heaven comes down and preaches to you another gospel, let him be accursed. Yes, amen. Wow. Wow. Now, to let you know, the religion Mormonism is founded, and some of you might know this and some of you might not, but it's founded on the experience that a man by the name of Joseph Smith claims to have encountered an angel by the name of Moroni. Just one letter too many to moron. Moroni. And this angel preached, according to him, preached another testament of Jesus. Jesus. We had these girls come over to our house not too long ago. I'd never had Mormon girls come over. I always had guys. Knocked on these two young ladies at the door, and they had their little elder badges on. And I always invite them in and talk to them. Well, if I have time. I say, if I have time. So I brought them in, and they said, We want to talk to you about the testament of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Book of Mormon. I said, Yeah, I know about that. I said, Take your Bible and they had a Bible, and I said, turn over to Galatians 1. And we went to Galatians 1, and I said, before we get started, this is where I want to just, now, Joseph Smith claims that an angel came and preached another testament of Christ. All right, let's go see what Paul says. If we, or an angel from heaven, come and preach to you another gospel, let him be accursed. So right now, I'm not interested in what you have to say. I just want you to know that, but I need you to see the truth. Yep. Well, well, we'll just agree to disagree. I said, I hope not because your, your eternal destination <laughs> depends on that. Right. I hope you don't ever disagree. The real gospel is Christ died for your sins. Amen. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Period. Period. That's all the righteousness you need. That's right. That's right. And as they were walking out, one whispered to the other, he's very strong in his faith. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I learned. Simplify everything. Just go right there to that verse. Just please answer this for me before we go any further. How do you reconcile this? So, tonight, are you taking notes? All right, thank you back there. Where, 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 who said that? Oh. We're going to identify. <laughs> I want to take our time through this glorious book, all right? We're just going to take our time. Next, I, don't know, I don't have any time limit on this. and that. I mean, don't, I'm not referring to tonight, so don't freak out. I'm talking about... <laughs> Over the next few weeks. I don't have any time limits on on this because Galatians is so rich. It's so wonderful. And uh, I want us to really dig in this thing, all right? Now, tonight I want to talk to you because it's important that we all remember the pure gospel of Christ. And so I'm going to talk to you about, we're going to look probably three or four different types or other gospels that you hear that are not the real gospel. Number one, you might write this down, the gospel of faith plus the law. All right? This is the first perverted gospel we're going to look at. Can you handle this? Now, this, this, this perversion explained is something like this. This gospel was the problem that Paul faced in his day. This is the one he's really talking about right here some Jewish Christians demanded that the Gentiles had to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses as well as obey the gospel of Christ, all right? So they, they, had, they wanted to attach the law of Moses right to this conversion experience, all right? Um, <clears throat> matter of fact, turn over to Acts chapter 15 for a moment, and um, we're going to see the first council in Jerusalem where this dispute took place, all right? Some things, questions were answered, things were solved right here in Acts chapter 15. We're going to look at um, a few scriptures tonight, but I, I won't keep you terribly long, all right? But we do need to dig for a little bit, all right? Have we got the shovels? All right, Acts 15, 1, and certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, that means they had a really big fight, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question, all right? So this this is where Peter, James, and John and those guys are, all right? So being sent on their way by the church, verse 3, they passed through uh, Phoenicia And Samaria describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders. And they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, these are believers, rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now, these Pharisees are well-versed in the Scriptures. They're taught as from, from childhood, and in order to become a Pharisee, there are certain requirements of the law you have to meet. One, you have to memorize the Pentateuch, or the first five books of the Bible. Can you imagine memorizing Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus, Numbers? Numbers is about genealogies. I mean, it's just chapter after chapter of them numbering the children of Israel, (sighs) and then Deuteronomy, all right? Now, go over to Galatians 2. We're going to kind of bounce around Galatians all through this, okay? So they saw, these guys are believers, right? It says that these are Pharisees who believe, but they said they got to be circumcised and they got to keep the law of Moses, all right? Galatians 2, verse 1 says, Then after 14 years, Paul's talking, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Right? So Paul has this guy in his entourage who's not living like a Jew. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us, where? Into bondage. So they had these guys that are supposedly with Paul and them, but they've come to find out they're, they're actually spies for these religious leaders. All right? It's evil. To whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour. I love that. That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So, faith attached to the law of Moses, the truth of the gospel of Christ. Two different things. Okay? Do you see that? Now, this, this perversion, want, now we're going to, I want to refute that because um, the, it's still in the earth today. It's still in the earth today. There's a church here in town that still does that. Gentile people doing, living like Jews and saying that you absolutely have to do this. All right? This and perver- Now, we want to refute this. At the council, go back to Acts 15. All right? Acts chapter 15 and verse 22. Uh, <laughs> after all of this dissension had taken place, they had this, they had this big fight. All right, but Paul and Barnabas had stood up and they testified about the amazing works of God that were happening in the Gentiles, apart from them keeping the law. So, Pastor James gets his pen and paper out and they write a letter. And they're going to give this letter to Paul and Barnabas to go take to these churches that ha- are full of Gentiles, according to them, pagans, heathen. All right, they wrote this letter by them. Uh, 15, 22, they wrote this letter by them, the apostles, the elders, and brethren, to the brethren who were of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it is necessary that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you'll do well. Farewell. These are the rules. That's a lot better. And Paul even later on uh, talked about just a couple of those things actually actually being the rules. Isn't that interesting? When they realized the grace of God was greater than any works that they could do, then they, then they decided to comfort these Gentiles who had been so tormented by these people saying, you're, you're not really saved. If you don't live like us, you're not really safe. Isn't that good? And then Galatians 5, jump over there for a moment. I told you I was going to give you some scripture tonight. We're eating the meat tonight. Amen. Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Yes. Hallelujah. Paul said this is a place that you are going to have to stand fast in because yes. there's pressure coming. There's another message coming that's gonna to try to get you off track. He says, Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ made you free. You couldn't make yourself free, Christ made you free. Amen? Amen. I love this. He said, And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's talking about this law. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. If you think your righteousness is, is, is in the works of the law, all of a sudden, this message of Christ means nothing to you. It takes no effect in your life. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. He said, by the way, if you're going to start keeping the law, you got to do all of it. That's the burden of the law. You, have, you do one part, you do every bit of it. You cross every T, you dot every I. Now, this is a guy who has experience in this. Paul says, I was Above all of of my peers, concerning the law, I was blameless. Who in their right mind can say, concerning the law, I'm blameless? I mean, I get to thou shalt not bear false witness? No, I'm out. Thou shalt not steal? I'm out. All right? Paul says, I'm blameless concerning the law. All right? He says, by the way, if you're going to do it, you got to do all of it. Okay. That's <laughs> so good. You have become estranged from Christ, you who be justified by law. You have fallen, where? From grace. That means grace is a high place. Higher than that law. Higher than that law. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. How? By faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Don't you love the Bible? Just sit and read it a while. It just, it's beautiful. So that first perverse gospel, faith plus the works of the law. The second one we're going to look at, the gospel of works without faith. Now, let me explain this one. This gospel developed later in the course of church history. It exalted the efficiency, I'll say, of certain ordinances to exclude faith. Thus, some believe that you could baptize others without the need of faith, such as infant baptism or infidel baptism. And infidel baptism was done at the edge of the sword. You get baptized, this is your last chance. You do it now, right? No faith involved, just the work. But faith is essential, according to the Word of God, to pleasing God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, what? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is And that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek seek him. So that right there, that gospel of works apart from faith, or excluding faith, to refute that is to first say that you have to have faith. to Even please God. You know, Jesus walked by faith. Because God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's essential to please God and it's for our salvation. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's good. John 8.24, Jesus said, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. All right? Faith is key. Matthew, Mark 16.16, 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe is already condemned, or will be condemned. Faith in Christ, because some believe that, that 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 baptism is the key, but faith in Christ is always the prerequisite to baptism. You can't just baptize somebody. Okay, you're done, Come on now. right? I mean, people baptize the dead. Paul even addressed that. People baptize the dead, hoping somehow that gives them a chance. Without faith, it's impossible. Amen. He who believes and is baptized. So faith in Christ, let me just say this to you tonight. We're getting some some doctrine here too. It's the prerequisite to baptism. Uh, Acts chapter 8 says... uh, this is the story of Philip, verse 35, 835. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. He's, this is a eunuch he's talking to. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Then baptism is going to mean something, yep. Right? If you believe with all your heart, then you may. and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And at that moment, Philip baptized him. All right? Because that baptism won't do him any good apart from faith. All right? And then Acts chapter 10, I love this. Faith in Christ is also the prerequisite to the baptism of the Spirit. There's also a certain uh, Pentecostal sect that believes that the baptism of the Spirit is, if you don't do that, then you do not, then you're not really saved. Some believe that you have to be water baptized. If you're not water baptized, then you're not saved. I don't believe that. And, if, and some believe if you don't speak in tongues, you're not really saved. Well, a thief on the cross, he sure wipes all that out, doesn't he? <laughs> Lord, remember me. All right, you're in. <laughs> well, Peter, Acts 10 44, Peter's at Cornelius' house, we know the story. This is the first Gentile convert in the scriptures, all right? So, the the, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel, really the Jewish gospel, goes from Matthew all the way to Acts chapter 9. Our gospel starts in Acts chapter 10, all right? When Cornelius is saved, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. The believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles for they we're hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to remain for some days. So we see right there that, that Peter preached this gospel. Peter preached it, he says, while he was still speaking these words. Now, this is extraordinary to me. The Holy Spirit fell on them, they spoke in tongues, but they had an experience before that. Can anybody know anybody know what that experience is? It's called faith in God. They believed. Um, you know what? I didn't write, I don't know why I didn't do, do, go through that scripture. All right, one more time, go to Acts 15. Hang on with me now. Keep on eating that steak. Mm hmm. Acts chapter 15, and I believe Peter's telling them the story. Uh, Verse 8, he's telling them about being at Cornelius' house. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them, that is, Cornelius and all his family, by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. So the moment Peter, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43, said, whoever believes on his name will receive remission of sins, the very next verse it says, as Peter was still speaking these words... What words? Whoever believes on his name will receive remission of sins. All of their hearts in that house just rose up in faith and said, I believe that. And that's all it was. They didn't even say anything. Their heart just turned to God right there. And God said, good enough for me. Here's the Holy Ghost. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. They didn't even get to the confession. So we really see it's a matter of the heart. Yeah. Right. It's the heart believing. Good. I love that. Yep. So then who, who has the right, what man is there that can ever say whether a person is a Christian or not? Come on. Yeah. Yep. Who, who has the right to do that? Yes. Amen. We don't, we can't see that heart can't see that heart. Don't do that to people. You put yourself in God's place there. You're not God. You be who you are. Right? Right? What do we do? We give them the gospel. God's got the heart. You got the message. All right? Are you all right? Amen. Amen. Okay, now let's continue. Uh, Can you take a little bit more? All right. Number three, we talked about the gospel, um, the perverted gospels here, one being faith plus the law of Moses. The other one was works apart from faith. Now we're going to just look at the, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, works without faith. And now the gospel of good works It's a little different because many have the idea that as long as you're basically a good person, That you'll be okay. If you just try to do your best. Oprah's helped all of us out so much in that area. If you're if you're just sincere about whatever you believe, that's really what matters. No. Because how many of you know that you can be sincere and still be sincerely wrong? Huh? Ain't about your sincerity. It's about that gospel. It doesn't become true the moment you believe it. It's already true whether you believe it or not. Just because you believe it doesn't make it truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Have this idea that if you're basically a good person, I've had this conversation, probably many of you have too, thinking that somehow God's going to have this scale With all my good on one side and all my bad. And I think if I just do enough good, God's going to see that. And if that is true, if that is what you're hoping for, the message you will hear that, that day is, you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. I told you about this, about when the Mavericks stomped the dog out of the Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs, swept them four games to nothing. That was good. I didn't care if they won another game after that. I was so happy we beat those nasty Lakers. It was great. Kobe Bryant made this incredible three point shot. Beautiful. High arcing. Y'all remember Reggie Miller? He'd shoot, he almost hit the rafters. It was kind of one of those shots. That ball spinning backwards. And the ref went, no basket. He pointed down, and Kobe Bryant's foot was right on the out of bounds line. No basket. That shot was beautiful. It looked so good. And it looked like all the other shots. They had one problem. It was out of bounds. Good works, people being good, doing the right thing, living all right. Man, they can look good. They can look good on the service. They can look like Christians and live like Christians. But ladies and gentlemen, they're out of bounds. Because no, there's no such thing as a good work until you're in Christ. The moment you become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Yes. Now your life has meaning. Yes. Now your works count. Hallelujah. Matthew 7 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. These are people that saying all the right words shall enter the kingdom, but he who does the will of God. My Father in heaven, and listen to this, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, when I was a kid, I'm telling you what, this scripture used to scare the pants off of me. I'm telling the preacher we had, oh my Lord. He would make you question So much if you were a Christian with that. I mean, he would preach that thing so hardcore at you, and you'd believe they're going. Actually, he did it so he could fill up the altar. And we'd all run to the altar. Ah, I hope to God I'm saved. Ah, I've said Lord, and I don't know if I'm really saved. (laughs) Man, I played that. Y'all know what kind of game I'm talking about. That condemnation pounds you into the Dirt. Keep you fearful all the time. And you know what it did to people? It made them run from God. It didn't help anybody. It didn't help the body of Christ at all. still isn't helping the body of Christ. It's not what he's talking about. Listen to the language of this. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Now, if he had known you before and then you left... He can't say that. He'd have to say, I once knew you, but then you went away. He said, I never knew you. All right. But the other thing is, what are they doing? They're standing before the judge of the universe on their merits. Did we not do this? Did we not do that? Yes. Didn't you see all the good stuff I was doing out there, Jesus? Yeah, I don't know you. Anybody that that I know says, I'm here because of you. I'm here because I couldn't be good enough. It didn't matter how many works I could do. It didn't add up. I'm here because you're the one that gave your life for me. You died for my sins. I'm here because of your blood that was shed. Hallelujah. I'm here on your merits because you're good. Now, all they could do is point at themselves. Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't I do that? (laughs) Think about it. All the things they listed, were they not pretty good things? Now, Dr. Holler says they're just lying here. But let's just say, for instance, they actually have some good things to say. Uh-uh, I don't mean you're a Christian. Mm-mm-mm. It's all him or nothing. Amen. Does this comfort you tonight? Because the truth is, good deeds don't save you, bad deeds don't condemn you. Yep. It is the condition of the man that is the problem Amen. or the solution. Yes. Amen. You're not righteous because you do righteous things. Right. You're righteous because he did righteousness. That's right. That's right. You're not a sinner because you sin. You're a sinner because you're born into sin. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, let me finish with this. A good moral person, especially religious, is assumed to be saved. You've heard people say, like, he's real religious? <laughs> Heather and I get accused of that from some of her family who, who don't really walk with the Lord. They just see us, they're like, they're very religious. <laughs> and I always tell them, I hope to God I'm not. <laughs> but that's, they don't know what that means. They, you know, But listen, good moral people, even devout, are in need of salvation. And let's go back over to Acts 10 for a moment, and we'll see this. Cornelius was a good, devout man. There was a certain man in Caesarea, Caesarea uh, 10, 1, Acts ten one called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. This is a good guy. Listen to this, and who gave alms generously to the people. And prayed to God always. Wow. This guy sounds like better than most Christians. Right? This guy's a giver. He ain't offended by somebody. I never. Okay. Anyway. He's a giver. And 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 he prays to God, what does it say? Always. What is the problem here? God, I mean, surely if you see this guy, look at this. And about the ninth hour of the day, he was, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said to him, your prayers and your giving have come up for a memorial before God. Man, all this good stuff, you're getting God's attention and he'd really like to recruit you. Now, send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Now, notice that the angel didn't preach the gospel to him because the angel can't preach the gospel to him because this is a man's gospel. The angels don't know the message of the redeemed. Only the redeemed can preach the message of the redeemed. But the angel said, go you got to send for this guy named Peter. He's going to tell you what you need to do. All right? So they send these guys to Joppa. It's about a 3 days journey. They find Peter. We know the, the vision that Peter's having on top of the roof that day of that big sheet coming down and all kinds of four-footed beasts and every creeping thing. And the Lord said, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he said, not so, Lord. Have you forgot I'm a Jew? Because he saw pigs on there and, you know, all the stuff we like. All the non-kosher foods. <laughs> and he had to do it three times. It's him three times. Now listen to this. Yet he needed to be saved. Later on in the next chapter, in Acts chapter 11, Peter's recounting this story. And listen to what it says. The angel said to him, Who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved? These words that you hear will save you. He's going to tell you and all your house these words. What are these words? Whoever believes on his name will receive remission of sins. And those words save them. Not all the prayers, not all the giving, not his devotion, but those words. That gospel. I hope this is helping you tonight. And to write this down right quick, there are a few examples of conversion in the book of Acts which involved religiously devout people. You can look at Acts 2, 5, 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, all of them. Or good religious people. The Ethiopian eunuch that we've talked about, he was reading the book of Isaiah. Remember that? When Philip came upon him and saw him reading it, he had no understanding. That's in Acts chapter 8. Lydia of Thyatira, Acts chapter 16. You can read about her conversion. Paul in Acts 22. If anybody is devout and religious, it's this guy. But we cannot be saved by our good works. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I'll finish with this scripture. But when the kindness, Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We're justified. How? By the gift. Hallelujah. And we've got one more to talk about next week, and that's the gospel of repent and believe. That's one more perverted gospel. All right? Woo, That's one of my favorite ones to, to, to bash, not to accept. All right, so we talked about the, the uh, gospel of faith with the works of the law. Good works apart from faith, and then just the hope, the merit of good works. All right? Has this helped you? Yeah. All right, let's stand together tonight. I'm excited about being in Galatians. Man, we're just scratching the surface on this incredible book. Wait till we get to three. Oh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay, Father, let's just lift our hands toward heaven. Lord, we thank you for this dinner that we had tonight. Wow, wow, what revelation, what mercy and grace we have received. What a message. What a message. What a message that's come to our lives and saved us. What a message that totally recreated us the moment we believed in this glorious gospel of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, who was buried, who rose again the third day, and who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And even as he is, so are we now in this world Old things are gone. They're passed away. We're a new creation. Hallelujah. All things have been made new. And Father, I thank you for your blessing on your new creation tonight. Upon these, God, that you have given them now because they've received the, re- the ministry of reconciliation. Now, God, they take it from here out of these four walls into this world, this ministry of reconciliation. Be reconciled to God. Know that there's the war between heaven and earth is over. Hallelujah. God loves us. He died for us. He gave us Jesus. God, help us to be bold and confident, Lord, and understand that it's the message that saves men, it's the gospel that saves. It's that name that's above every name the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, That no other name, by no other name, can men be saved. But that name, hallelujah, as we go out of here tonight, may we exalt your name and everything that we say and do in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blessing on your people, that your angels are given charge over them to keep them in all their ways, God, that you are with them, a very present help in time of need, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.